The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. In an age where legal practitioners seek parity and justice, criminal barristers are taking the unprecedented step of withdrawing their labour today. They point to a staggering 40% real uh, term pay cut over two decades. Well, I'm joined now uh, by Sean Guerin, Senior Counsel, Chairman of the Criminal State Bar Committee. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thank you for having me on. Now, this is a pretty historic. I don't think it's happened before, has it, that barristers have effectively gone on strike? No, I don't think so, Pat. And in many ways, it's a sad day today because it's the first full day of the legal year, one of the busiest days of the legal year. And all around the country, there are people who have an involvement in criminal cases, whether because they're a victim of crime, they're an accused person or maybe a witness, and they would expect progress to be made in their cases today. And that's not happening because... Um, the um, government has essentially failed to address over a period of more than five years now uh, a claim for simply pay restoration in line with the rest of the public Mm -hmm. uh, services. So just remind us uh, when you had your pay cut. Well, we had it cut in um, three or four different increments, really, between 2008 and 2011. Most of those cuts, Pat, were in line with cuts that were um, being applied elsewhere in the public sector, and we have no issue with that. Those were difficult times, and everyone had to bear that pain. There was an additional 10% pay cut that was applied only to barristers and nowhere else in the public sector for reasons that are very difficult to understand. But the the, the net result, as you mentioned at the top of the item there, is that um, we're now effectively uh, for 40% down in terms of real pay um, over the last 20 years. Now, the uh, effect of today, are the barristers who are on strike both prosecuting and defence? Oh, certainly the issue applies both to prosecution and defence. Um, we're, not, we're not using the word strike ourselves. We're just simply, and the Bar Council has recommended a withdrawal of services for so the So you're day. not available today? We're not available today. And um, it it is an issue that applies both to prosecution and defence. And in fact, back in 2018, when we went through the process um, under the or with the sanction of the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform of of showing or demonstrating that we had cooperated with reform and efficiencies in the justice system, equivalent to those which warranted pay restoration for others. And that was a process that was engaged Mm. in by both the DPP on behalf of um, the Prosecution Service and the Department of Justice in relation to defence. So they laid down some reforms. Uh, What sort of reforms? Were they to do with the technology or what were they to do with? Some of them were to do with technology. So, for example, the introduction of digital briefing. So the DPP no longer um, provides paper briefs to barristers. um, And that has resulted in very significant administrative and financial savings for the DPP and effectively shunted the cost of producing the paper as necessary onto the bar. I know know as someone who reads documents every day for a living, um, trying to do it on a screen when you're flicking back and forth. Was that page 15? Where did I see that? Or was it on page 22? Um, You can't do it uh, on a screen. You have to have paper. So you guys end up printing out the stuff. Well, or or making the investments in technology to, 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 to be able to work in a different way. But in some ways, that's not even the most important um, or, or significant of the reforms, although it's important in terms of um, a savings for the state. But we also cooperated with the implementation of the Victims' Rights Directive. And even since 2018, even after the process that I've mentioned, where we demonstrated... <coughs> 
that we provided reforms. Um, in 2020, the O'Malley report recommended um, specialist training for barristers involved in cases of sexual offences. And again, that was something that I, I would think is necessary to improve the experience of members of the public and particularly victims of crime and vulnerable witnesses mm-hmm. in the criminal justice system. And we designed and implemented a training programme to implement the um, the, um, uh, the the, the okay. recommendations of that okay. report. Okay, so you've, you've done all you can in terms of reform. You figure you've ticked all those boxes. And yes. what kind of engagement have you had with the Department of Justice? I mean, have there been ongoing talks that then broke down or what's where, where are we at? Well, I think the best way of um, explaining this is that in 2001, um, the um, the DPP, who was engaged in leading, I suppose, the negotiations in relation to reform, wrote to the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform to say that there was no point in any further discussion about reform and efficiencies. In other words, that d- discussion was over. The debate had been had and effectively we had we had succeeded in that argument. So we have met with the Department of Justice officials uh, again quite recently and on several occasions over the last number of years. But there seems to be a blockage in terms of uh, the Department of Justice and the Office of the DPP, both of whom support the case we make, securing the necessary sanction from the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform for, 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 for pay restoration. So uh, the reason for this not being forthcoming... What is it? I, I don't know. Um, no one has ever given us a good reason. And in truth, Pat, the discussion that has taken place over the past several weeks as this issue has come to a head, I think has shown that there isn't a good reason. Barristers provide an important public service. They do it as self-employed, so sole practitioners, that's true. But it's still an important public service and public services need need to be funded. And there is no public service where you can cut in real terms the funding of that service by 40% over two decades and expect to be able to maintain the same level of service. Now, you've heard of the, the barroom lawyer. We've all come across those from time to time. Well, you have uh, the News Talk listener lawyer now uh, going to ask you a question. It doesn't give a name, but it came up on the text screen. How can barristers be on strike? Barristers are self-employed sole traders. If self-employed sole traders conspire to combine and withdraw service, they are engaged in a criminal conspiracy. Uh, are the Guardian and Competition Authority investigating this criminality? So what say you as a criminal barrister? Um, the Bar Council, as um, effectively a trade association, is very conscious of the obligations that arise out of competition law. We consider them very carefully. And we satisfied ourselves that we um, were engaged in a form of conduct that respects the limits uh, of competition law and um, nothing that we have heard from anyone in the interim suggests otherwise. So we've been very careful mm-hmm. about that, but we're very conscious of that obligation. Um, the, the, there is an impression out there that uh, barristers uh, make a lot of money and you know anyone who's dealt with the legal profession and looked at the fees uh, you know, for private work, not for government work, they tend to be, the only word for it is, is extortionate. So is it the few who are coining it at the expense of their less experienced members in the profession? Well, I wouldn't accept the suggestion that the fees are extortionate. We have a system in this country where any person who disputes their fee can have it assessed independently. And that process is available to to any litigant. And it's important to remember that. Um, there are other areas of law which pay much better than criminal law. And maybe it's perfectly reasonable that they would. Um, and of course, in any system, there, there will always be some people who are paid more than others. But this debate is about maintaining a supply of talented, skilled and experienced barristers to provide 
um, an important public service into the future. And we've already seen um, on a couple of occasions this year where the DPP wasn't able to obtain the services of um, senior counsel to prosecute serious cases of offences against the person simply because there weren't senior barristers available mm. to do that with, with the skill and the experience and a willingness to practice in that area of the law. So it's a real problem that needs to be addressed because it's already having an effect on the quality of the um, criminal justice system. Um, one of the listeners wants to know, what's the average weekly take-home pay for a barrister? Well, the average would be a, a distortion, I suppose, because there'd be the, the high rollers who make a lot and then there'd be those who make virtually nothing and sit in the law library hoping a solicitor will knock on their door. There's an element of that um, and it's partly because we want to make sure that the profession is an attractive one for talented people as early as possible that this issue has arisen but um, or has been brought to a head in this way. Um, we don't have figures for um, average weekly earnings but the um, payments to council by both the DPP and the Department of Justice are published annually and what those figures show is that the majority of people in a significant, significant majority of people are earning less than €100,000. Now I know €100,000 in itself is a lot of money um, but th- th- this is um, you're, you're talking here about people who have been through um, years of education and training who provide um, a, a skilled and high quality service and who if they aren't adequately paid in the criminal justice system will provide the service for better money to um, to other interests to maybe corporate or financial interests uh, and that pressure that competitive pressure is always there and it's important that the um, that that the criminal justice system maintain an ability to attract and retain people yeah. and the fees that are actually involved I mean in terms of, of take home pay the the, the 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 brief fee for a standard circuit criminal court um, case which is where most um, relatively serious cases are prosecuted is just over eleven hundred euro. Um, um, that is um, for possibly days of preparation for a case, uh, for coming to court to prosecute the case and in the knowledge that the case may not get on on the day on which um, you expect to do it. And of course, um, th- those fees um, are, 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 if you like, turnover rather than income. We still have to pay all of our expenses out of that, our expenses of membership of the law library, our expenses of all of the things such as, for example, engaging with the technology burden that has been shifted on to us by some of the reforms. Yeah, um, one of the, um, the listeners says a barrister uh, maybe only gets 500 for a day in court, but that day may be only five minutes long if the case is put back and they can have multiple hearings a day. So with repeated hearings and deferrals, all those 500s uh, quickly add up. Now, we've all, any of us who've been in the courts over the years on various uh, things with RT and so on, um, you know, suddenly the, the barrister that's representing you is gone. He has to go to another court for another case. And I always well, uh, found that odd. Like either we have you employed for doing our gig or we don't. But it does seem like judges facilitate barristers flitting here, there and yon. Um, you know, it's quite well, extraordinary. Well, an altogether, Pat, an altogether more realistic experience of life as a criminal barrister is to have spent um, a week or more um, preparing intensively for a case and, in, and very often preparing long hours over the weekend to come to court for a case which is due to last for two weeks. And as criminal practitioners, particularly on the defence side, we have an obligation to clear our diaries at least a week in advance. Uh, you come to court then having prepared intensively and indeed extensively over a period of time to do a case and you find that the court just doesn't have capacity mm. to take the case and uh, a two-week gap opens up in your diary where you have nothing on. Now, you would hope, obviously, 
to get yourself back out there and to find something or someone who's willing to uh, who has a need for your services but um, the, 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 the particular example you gave is not representative of the experience um, of A final parts. question, a lot of the listeners, I won't read out the comments, a lot of them are not very sympathetic uh, as you might expect anyway from the general public, they have a certain image of the legal profession but the, the question of when you get uh, you, know, you know, someone who's involved in a lot of wrongdoing uh, you know, the drugs trade and so on and they hire a barrister who's not on free legal aid you know, they're paying a top guy top money to defend them in court. Do you guys never ask yourselves, where did that money come from? Um, well, w- we have obligations in, in relation to the receipt of the proceeds of crime, the same as anyone else operating But you, in, you, in you know, people who have no visible means of support, you're on the, on the dole even, some of them might be, how could they possibly afford your fees and yet they pony up the money? You've got to be asking yourself a question, where did your man get the cash? Um, well, th- that doesn't happen um, very often or at all, Pat. And if it does happen, barristers and their instructing solicitors are subject to the same anti-money laundering um, rules and regulations as everyone else in the country. So there is no um, situation in which um, barristers are um, obtaining significant amounts of money or cash from from, from in, in the situation which you described. But the reality, though, is, Pat, that there are... Um, <clears throat> There are a small number of cases, and really is only a very small number of cases, relatively small number of cases, in which barristers are engaged to provide um, advice and advocacy services in the criminal justice system where those cases are not legally aided. And the process of assessment, uh, independent assessment of the fees that barristers earn in those cases shows that, in fact, um, the criminal justice legal aid system and the DPP system provides extraordinary value for money to the state. The state is getting a quality of service which if it had to pay for in the open market um, it would be paying very, very significantly okay, more. So, so value for money is what you're saying you give and you just want uh, parity with everyone else who had their pay restored. Sean Guerin, Senior Counsel, Chair of the Criminal State Bar Committee of the Bar Council. Uh, thank you very much for joining The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.